Hi everyone, I'm Emma, a certified dog trainer. And I'm Kirsten, a certified dog behavior consultant. And this is Dog Chats. Join us as we chat about dog behavior, having fun with your dogs, and building relationships. We will offer practical advice and a bit of humor. Hi there, welcome to our first podcast. We're so excited to be here and chatting about dogs, our favorite thing to do. Yeah, we're both trainers and dog consultants, and uh, I specialize in reactive and aggressive behaviors. And I love working with puppies all day, every day. We both love helping people. You know, every once in a while, I think, gosh, I need I, I need an idea. So I call Emma, and she just showers me with this brilliant rainstorm <laughs> oh, of, kind. <laughs> of advice. <laughs> and sometimes she calls me, and I, you know... Absolutely. We we work off each other and our strengths and we both um, love to do different things. So um, it's really a nice combination. Yeah, we're, we're good problem solvers as a team, I think. So. Yeah. so Emma thought, why don't we get a podcast on the road? Actually, I don't think it was Emma thought. I think your partner, Ron, <laughs> that might, thought. That probably is. That probably, that makes sense. So we're hoping that you get a little nugget of something or at least some humor. Yeah. A laugh or two. And we just figured we'd get together and um, do different episodes, just chatting about dogs and different things uh, in a fun and just a casual way. So we are going to be talking about behavior and some fun activities to do with your dogs. And um, in the next couple of podcasts, we're going to kind of have our theme to be summer and what you'll be doing with your dogs. Yeah. Adventure, travel. Yeah, camping. Enrichment. Yes. yes. <laughs> that word itself yeah. makes you anxious. <laughs> um, but let's, let's um, start by just uh, saying a little bit about ourselves. So you yeah. grew up in the Midwest, right? I did. At a different time in the 70s when dogs were free. Um, yes. You know, it was a, a, a really different world. And I was telling Emma the story earlier that I had, we had a little dog when I was growing up and he bit. And my mom would say to the kids when they came in the door, don't touch the dog. And if they touched the dog and Max bit them, my yes. mom would say, I told you not to touch the dog. You know? I know. And we had something similar. I grew up in Ireland and uh, we had a little Maltese terrier. It was actually my brother's that he got for his birthday. And he just ruled the house. He People would come into the house. He would hump them if he wasn't snarling at them. Um, if he got up on your bed and you moved slightly, he'd attack the blankets. Uh, my grandmother, who lived with us, um, if, if he was on her chair and she moved him, he'd do the same thing, growl at her. But we loved him yeah we just we just coexisted with him that way yeah it's funny how things have changed just just with dogs being in our homes and our expectations of, of what they're going to be like yeah well with covid and all the life changes in the last few years i think the culture of dogs in our country and all over the world has really changed like when i was growing up too there was a lot of dogs that were just roaming around, you know, and some of them had street smarts. That's what mm -hmm. I'd like to think is, is they kind of knew where they were going and they were on a mission and yeah. they were just out for the day and hopefully they didn't get themselves hurt. Yeah. And then on the other hand, we did see like strays that were just totally having a hard time, neglected and just lost. Yeah. Um, so we always saw those um, when we were younger. Here where we live in Marin County, it's very rare you see a dog yeah. off like rambling on their own and there's already like uh, 10 people that are stopping their cars right. to find out if the dog is okay and help it and there's probably some somebody on some um, social media 
saying I've lost my dog. Yeah. Um, You know, so, so that has changed definitely where we're living. Emma, how did you get started in dog training? Well, I always loved dogs growing up, but as an adult, uh, my husband and I adopted a dog from a shelter. He was four months old. He'd already been returned. So he was a little bit of a challenging puppy, and I wasn't really sure at the time how I could help him. So I reached out to uh, the shelter close to us here uh, and asked them for help. And as I was learning about all the ways I could help him, I was like, this is really interesting. So I decided to volunteer at the shelter and walk the dogs there. And then I attended Trish King's Canine Behavior Academy, and then I started training both at the shelter and my private business. And wow. now I have um, my private business that I work mainly with puppies. Mm. How did you That's get started? Um, similarly, a challenging dog. I was 16, and um, I picked out, uh, sadly from Puppy Mill, a Border Collie. I knew nothing about Border Collies. Uh, she was under-enriched under-exercised and frustrated. And one day on the stairs, uh, she wouldn't let me go up the stairs. She cornered me and made me walk down the stairs. She was snapping at me. And uh, I just backed down the stairs and let her go out the door. Because in the old days, we just did that. Mm -hmm. Dogs ran free. Um, And my mom said we had to get rid of her. So I went to the library and got a lot of books because there were no trainers in the area. And I started training her. And uh, I never completely solved her behavior problems, but at least we came to some agreement. And happy ending, we were able to keep the dog, manage the dog's behavior. Um, and I learned a great deal about dog-guardian relationships that I now use in my own career. Um, later, I decided this was going to be my life calling when I was dropping my own dogs off at a board and train facility, the manager and owner um, said, hey, do you want to work here? And I said, yeah. And I had never thought about it. And she said, yeah, because you get out of the car and you walk in here and all 55 dogs are quiet. <laughs> so she said, you're hired if you, you know, they like you. So I trained with her. She was a guide dog for the blinds trainer, a wonderful, amazing person and trainer, but different style than the training I do now, more old school. So more old school. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I don't I don't even think like when I was growing up. Yeah, I think that there was parts of it that were old school that I didn't even really think about, like with the dog when when I was teaching the Maltese house training. Yeah. Like I remember there being paper and I remember having his head go down and yeah. like to smell the pee and then bring him outside. Yeah. So there was that stuff. But back then, that's the way everybody yeah. did it. And we know so much better now oh, that there's so much uh, better ways to do things and have the dog involved in the learning. I mean, like, yes, he was learning the way yeah. I was doing it, but not not in a very kind way. Yeah. And, um, and I notice when I talk to clients and they reminisce about their childhood, the people feel better too. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we were we were doing a lot of what society was telling us to do to train dogs, which was based off of military training from the fifties. Yes. And um, it didn't feel natural for a lot of people. And so many of my older clients are relieved now with the positive methods that are available. Yeah. And and we haven't mentioned that yet, but we both are positive reinforcement trainers. Absolutely. Right. We really believe in that. My favorite thing about it is is having dogs think about what you want them to do and Love see that. those wheels turning and then and then just giving them praise and seeing that happiness. Yeah. Instead of being a nag. Yeah, I know we both focus a lot on that relationship. Yes. The dog guardian relationship and in supporting that, so much of dog training isn't really sit down stay. It's looking at that yes. relationship and saying, How can we make things better? So let's talk about our own dogs a little bit. 
Oh dear. <laughs> tell, tell me, you, you know, what's something weird that Kiva does? Um, Kiva probably the the weirdest thing she does is when I go to pet her. And by the way, Kiva is my dog. <laughs> um, she is. Uh, her mom was a Rottweiler, and her dad was some sort of husky mix. So um, she's she's super sweet love her love her dearly when she's uh cuddling up with you and you're petting her and if you stop petting her she actually talks to you and and actually looks like she's growling at you um but she just wants to be petted more so i i think that's a really it's kind of a nod behavior because if i was to come into somebody's home and look at that i would be like oh your dog looks like they're gonna bite you but really knowing her, and, and that's really important about knowing the dog in front of you, yeah. is that I know she just she just wants more petting and she's just like being a little bit demanding. Yeah, you guys <laughs> you are know? communicating about yeah, that. Yeah, mm-hmm. How about you? What's the weirdest thing one of your dogs is, has done? Um, so Dakota, she's Pomeranian Chihuahua mix. Um, she, she does this way when she wants to connect to us, that she, mostly to me, but she'll come up and put her forehead on my forehead and then take her paw and pry open my mouth because she wants to put her nose in my mouth <laughs> to smell my mouth. And I know, you know, she's figuring out what I ate and how I'm feeling and all that important information. But it's, it, the first few times, and she was a, she started that at like six weeks old. Just the littlest forehead on my forehead, mind melding. And that's like appeasing too, right? Is she is she licking inside no, your mouth or she just smelling? <sighs> just getting information. She's like, what what did you just eat? I want (laughs) to smell that. That's great. I did have a previous dog uh, uh, that used to take our underwear Mm -hmm. and bring it to the backyard. Yeah. So that that I always thought was funny. just underwear. Just un- well, I mean, like he brought a lot of things to my yard, <laughs> but but you know the things that you might be embarrassed that if somebody came over oh might find gosh. in your backyard. So yeah. he used to, he used to bring underwear and my bra. I found out there. I don't know whether this is appropriate for a podcast, <laughs> but that was out in the grass at one PG stage 13. too. Yeah, yeah. So it is it is kind of funny um, what our what our dogs are their their weird little behaviors yeah. we man, have weird we behaviors them. too we have weird behaviors absolutely yeah and yeah. we do it's true we we love them i mean like i just the bond mm. of of having a dog in the house is just it keeps us relaxed and calm yeah. you know there can be days that we're just like oh i don't want to go for a walk but just getting out and doing something with our dog can always make us feel better yeah every morning uh, charlie my poodle mix wakes me up by just staring at me <laughs> and, and sometimes like so close that the whiskers are touching my cheek but he doesn't bark or anything and I open my eyes and I say what a wonderful way to wake up oh I know oh, it's boy. so it's so great except when they're like a bigger dog and they're on your bed and they're not parallel so they're like <laughs> and you have this and it's hot. a tiny bit of the bed and you barely have any covers yeah um that that can be a little bit of like you I can do. tell Emma and I have some really strict rules with our dogs yeah, do we though? <laughs> no, <laughs> we don't, right? Yeah, um, I, my you know, my know, dogs up on the couch, yeah. up on the bed. You know, the the beautiful thing is, is we get to decide what behaviors are appropriate and what aren't. Right? Yeah, and if if our dogs are doing something that we need to change, we've got all these systems in place to make behavior change happen in a positive way. Yeah, and sometimes I have to change my behavior. 
because I've got to see things from I know. a different perspective. And, and it's and it's interesting too, you know, like we do all the training, like the sits, the downs, the walking on leash, might be a leave at a weight, but then we just use the things that are functional yeah. to us. We do, yeah. I don't ask for sitting down every moment of the day. Yeah. Um, a lot of the things that I train foundation, um, training with, with Kiva, I look for those things that are important to me. And that's the way we go into actually a home too, to teach a family dog, right. is what do you need? Exactly. Um, and then and then customize it for that. Yeah. Uh, because sometimes I don't mind if Kiva barks at the window if somebody's passing because I kind of want them not to come up to the door all the time. So yeah. that's something I kind of go, that's fine. But then I may have a client that goes, ooh, this barking is really driving me crazy. Yeah. So for them, it looks different. It might be a different picture than for, for me or, or another client. Yeah, and, and also asking ourselves, what can we change about the environment? You know, it doesn't have to always be fix the dog. Yes. Sometimes it's change the house or change the yard. Change the house. <laughs> buy a new house. <laughs> a new move house. to the country, get a ranch. Um, I, but, you know, I mean, like, it's more, I, I do family dog mediation. It's looking at all sides and are yeah. we meeting the human's needs and the dog's needs? And the dog's needs. Mm -hmm. Thanks for tuning in today and hope you'll join us for our next episode. You can reach Emma at ecdogtraining.com or on Instagram at ecdog underscore training and Kirsten at kwhappydogs.com or on Facebook at kwhappydogs. Don't forget to hit subscribe. See you next time.